Hello, everyone. Welcome to the TNT Wrestling Podcast. I'm the producer of the show, Zildjian65. Today's show is a little bit of a different show. We're kind of going in this more route of talking about specific shows or eras or something in the past rather than doing Raw Smackdown reviews. And I've been seeing the reception to that. It's been really well. We've gained lots of downloads. Thank you so much. We just entered this on Spotify in the last few weeks and all that. So thank you all so much for supporting the show and joining Discord, uh, my Discord, that I have attached to the podcast. And subscribing in every platform you can. Thank you very much. I want to give out a few shoutouts before we get into today's episode, which is about SummerSlam 2002 with our guest from Hub Wrestling. Um, we got new art made for the banner on Twitter and what you're seeing on screen if you are watching or listening on YouTube. I'm not, I'm not sure. There probably isn't new artwork for uh, those listening on iTunes and other platforms. Um, our new artwork shout-out goes to Joker331PK. Uh, we will have a link to his Twitter in description or bio, depending on, on any place you're listening. So everyone, please go give him a follow. He does some really sick work with what he does. And I want to thank him so much for making the banner. And uh, thank everyone for listening to the show. Today's show is a very good show. Uh, it's certainly one I enjoy listening back to, and I can't say that very often. Um, we, we stick very well on point with a lot of the matches, but some of it then, I shouldn't say just some, near the end, there was a huge Brock Lesnar dispute, and Roman Reigns as well, which has led to me, myself, producer, appearing on the Hub Wrestling Hub podcast uh, on August 23rd. We're, we will be discuss, me and him will be discussing Roman Reigns and his career and all that. So that'd be very good, just a very good episode. So I just want to give a cheap plug to that. So I don't really know much what else to say here, but uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. And you guys don't have to listen to me bore bore you anymore. So I'm gonna hand it over to Tracy and Sean and myself. Hi, this is your girl Smile. This is the TNT podcast, and we're doing something a little different, different this episode since the road to SummerSlam is officially on. So, why not take a little, you know, time back? You know, go back in time, back to time where girls were used as sexual objects, and there was a lot of blood and cussing. You can still argue girl women are sexual objects in WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going back to the ruthless aggression era. We're going all the way back to SummerSlam 2002. But we didn't come alone. No, no, no. Not this time. Not only is it just me and my producer, we brought a little special guest along for the ride. His name is Sean, and he is with Hubbard Wrestling Weekly. You guys, please give him a nice welcome onto the show, Sean. I don't, welcome up, to the show. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Now, are you ready for this, Because Anything you have on the show, trust me, we've had episodes where the fights broke out. And nah, your, boy, your boy's not scared at all. Bring it on. Let's do it. Okay. So, <laughs> so, this show, I give it five stars. I haven't given 
given a pay-per-view five stars since NXT. <laughs> okay. It's like the only pay-per-view I've ever given five stars to, but this, holy shit, and even had a Brock Lesnar match, and I actually have to give that, you know, a good props. Back when Brock was actually on the show? Yeah, no doubt. And wasn't giving, you know, 10 F5s every <laughs> few minutes. He gave about three, and I was like, okay, three. I can deal with that. As yeah. long as the number's not 10 or 11 F5s in a row. I'm good with that. So, let's start with the opener to the show. So, we are in Long Island, New York. It's 2002. It's the ruthless aggression era, which we'll talk about later. And so, the opener to the show is Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Oh, now, Sean, what do you remember about the storyline for this? Oh, man, when they when they put this thing together, first of all, Kurt Angle, obviously, the Olympic gold medalist, um, the, the situation was that Rey Mysterio was undersized, which he's obviously undersized for every match that he's ever had, but mm-hmm. uh, Kurt Angle kind of went into, uh, you know, the shoot mode as far as, like, talking about how he can never compete with, with Kurt and it was pretty much obviously a SmackDown storyline. Ray and Kurt at this time were exclusive to SmackDown after the brand extension. And um, what happened was, well, actually this is a little bit before the brand extension, the official brand extension when Brock brought over the title. But um, long story short, what happened was Kurt kind of called him out and Ray kind of stepped to him in the ring, in the in-ring promo, and said, listen, I know everybody's kind of looking at you as the best in the world right now, but... You know, I'm here. Uh, Ray was pretty much only doing cruiserweight matches when he first arrived on the scene. Um, you know, pretty much back and forth with Chavo. But, um, you know, he stepped up to the plate. And it was pretty much a even-keeled storyline. Not too much back and forth. Not too much, uh, you know, rah-rah type promos. Just pretty much a challenge that was accepted by the Olympic gold medal winner. As far as uh, matches that led Mysterio into working with anyone on the WWE roster... Specifically in WWE, this is one of the big ones because you remember like he had matches of Taker like 2010 and all that, and that was unheard of of someone his his size in 2002. So this was a big door opener for that. Well, this kind of catapulted him into the mode of being considered a main eventer. I mean, he wouldn't win his world title until almost four years later at Mania uh, 22, but. You know, he it put him in it put him in a mode where he was looked at it was, he was looked at as a main event caliber guy. Even though obviously they opened the show at SummerSlam. Um, by the way, shout out to New York. That's my home, not Long Island where the show was at. But I'm in New York, so shout out to New York. Um, yeah, it showed it showed that Ray can compete with one of the big boys, and obviously Kurt was one of the best in the world at that time. It was it was a good solid match. Um, Very good. What I recall from watching it was uh, Ray Ray had most of the offense in in it, but he mm-hmm. still had some moments where he got squashed. Absolutely. Very much so. Right. Absolutely. That missed six one nine kind of hurt my heart a little bit. I was like, holy shit, he just missed a six one nine. But seeing you know old school Kurt in action with the ankle lock and all that, him suplexing uh, Ray, I was just like, holy shit, I forgot how. Good, he really was back then. And also, I mean, I, mean, I was kind of upset about the outcome too because I thought Rage uh, should have went over. But looking back in retrospect, that kind of catapulted Kurt into what would eventually happen at Armageddon 
in 2002 where he'd win the title and take it all the way to WrestleMania the following year. So looking at it in retrospect, really, Kurt probably could not have lost that match. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Ray definitely had a good showing. Yeah, it plus doesn't matter got... if, he won, if he won or not. True. And plus I got cause... to hear Ray's old school theme song, so I was proud. I was happy. <laughs> I would have liked the theme song back when he was the WCW Cruiserweight champ. I like that. Or, or when he was with the Filthy Animals. Now, what were you saying, Zildjian? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no. I said was it didn't matter if he won or not because just a matter of showing he had showed the potential he had to work with big guys. Yeah. Exactly. He, it was amazing. I like this match. It was just an opener. I was just like already just like on the edge of my bed just watching. I'm like, holy fuck. Because I don't really remember watching this as a kid. So to watch it like now that I'm an adult, I was just like, you know, really excited about this whole entire pay-per-view. So let's go down the card and we get to Chris Jericho versus 53-year-old Ric Flair. <laughs> Flair still had it at 53. He still had it. Still <laughs> had it at 53. Now this match, I... Liked it because it was still Y two. It was Y two J Jericho, and not you're on the list, Jericho. Don't get me wrong. I love each Jericho character. I don't care how many times he changes his character. I don't care. I love every single one. But old school Y two J. I'm a jerk. I'm an asshole. Chris Jericho. (laughs) I will love him forever. I will love him forever. And the whole storyline to this is just you know building up to this. I remembered uh, for what I kind of remember was last thing I remember from this whole storyline was the before I think it was a go home show I think was when Ric Flair crashed Fozzie's concert and Ric Flair yeah. just had a whole entire Crimson Masters full of blood smearing off in his face and I'm a kid and I'm freaked out I'm like holy crap Ric Flair's bleeding what's going on and you know he's destroying everything Jericho's pissed and yeah so well allow me if you would to take you a couple of weeks prior to that when this whole thing got started um because mm-hmm. the storyline kind of came out of nowhere guys um what happened was after jericho lost the undisputed title at wrestlemania 18 he was kind of floundering he got one rematch against hogan he was unsuccessful on smackdown and he was kind of floundering and what happened was out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, it was a match between The Rock and the Undisputed Champion, Rock, who we'll talk about a little later on, mm-hmm. um, in a non-title match against Ric Flair in North Carolina. I don't believe they were in Charlotte, but they were in North Carolina. So uh, Ric Flair got top billing for that Monday Night Raw. Rock went over, but obviously Rock let um, Ric Flair have the ring to salute the fans. And Ric Flair announced earlier in the night that he had a major announcement after the match was over. So what happened was Ric Flair is standing in the ring about to make his major announcement. And if you remember, back and forth, you know, people jumping brands, Eric Bischoff signing people to Raw, Stephanie signing people to SmackDown. Mm -hmm, All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Chris Jericho's music hits. And Chris Jericho, up until this moment, was exclusive to SmackDown. Ric Flair never got a word out as far as the announcement, got hit in the head with a chair, and they were off to the races. Yeah, this was literally just out of completely nowhere. I'm not going to complain that I didn't like it, but... <laughs> it just feels like a filler. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a filler match, but a good filler match. Cause it was just... 
but it was too soon too for me with the with the crossing back and forth. I know I'm kind of talking about Jericho and I'm talking about the Un-Americans and I'm talking about Brock Lesnar, but the going back and forth of brands seemed too soon for that stage because just recently they decided to split the brand. So why are you being wishy-washy with, you know, obviously, like you just said, it was exciting to see Jericho's su uh, surprise appearance, but, you know, after the brand extension, they almost immediately started having guys jump shows. It was kind of weird. Yeah. That I didn't like. It was a good, solid match. It was, I loved the spot in the match where Jericho fought he won. Yeah, good. Ric Flair tapped, and you know he had his yeah. Ric Flair tapped, but while he was holding on to the ropes, and he was so yeah. pissed, even though he tried, he tried to get him with uh, Ric Flair's own finisher, and it just did not work. And I was just like, I'm so used to seeing Charlotte do it, so to see like Rick do it, I was just like, you know, like a little kid again. I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and masterfully done, guys. Masterfully done by the 16-time champion. Yes, he masterfully does. done. He timed it perfectly. He grabbed the ropes just minuscule seconds before he tapped out, which is exactly what they were looking for. Yep, maybe very. That was just like a same old Ric Flair, same oh, old, yeah. same old cheat to win. The dirtiest You're not player cheating. in the game. You're not cheating. You're not trying. There you go. Speaking hey, of him, <laughs> speaking of him, we got the next match on the list: Edge versus Eddie Girl. Now I heard that thing, so I heard Latino. He, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's Eddie. <laughs> now I don't remember the storyline for this, so if you were, if you would please remind the world what happened between Edge and. Eddie Guerrero, the storyline that came about this match goes. I got you. I got you. Again, a little bit thrown together by WWE. Uh, this pay-per-view, in my opinion, top to bottom, was a series, about 80% series of happy accidents. Mm -hmm. And Edge and Eddie Guerrero, to me, was a happy accident. Up until recently, Eddie had been on hiatus uh, from WWE. Uh, he was in recovery mode let's just put it that way all due respect to the late great eddie guerrero and he had came back and he came back to raw and uh what happened was uh he and uh benoit jumped over to smackdown you know with the assistance of general manager stephanie mcmahon and to make a long story short he just butt heads with edge right away and this match was pretty much a throw together who's the better wrestler no titles on the line uh, Eddie Guerrero was fresh on SmackDown pretty much after being fresh on Raw coming back from hiatus. He probably spent like three weeks on Raw before jumping to SmackDown. And, uh, you know, Edge was there probably without an opponent, probably without a storyline at the time. And, uh, you know, it was two of the future uh, Hall of Famers going head to head and it was a good match. The best part about this whole thing is I got to hear Edge's old theme song, which in my opinion is... They're never going to stop by Rob Zombie is the best. I'm a huge zombie fan. I just saw a zombie. Uh, but I just love hearing that. I'm so used to hearing the Alter Bridge song now mm -hmm. that I almost forgot he had Rob Zombie as his theme song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually stuff. couldn't remember who it was. I'm like, whose theme song is that? Who is that? And I see his long hair. I was like, holy crap, it's Edge. Like, I just could not remember for shit. Shout out to WWE for getting that back, by the way. There was a time on the network that that was not played because of, I guess, copyright situations mm -hmm. similar to the 
ravishing recruit situation. Yeah. So well, so what's up with that? Because like I rewatched uh, Monday Night Raw where Rob Zombie was on. Never, never. Like it was oh nine two thousand ten ish. He was on, mm-hmm. and uh, I distinctly remember hearing Mars Need Women as the song played uh, live. But you just heard a generic rock song played on network. It's the weirdest thing in the world. You know, I I, I wish I had more of an explanation. Um, The fact of the matter is, like, the music um, that WWE has rights to, I guess it has an expiration date. I think they recently parted ways with their longtime um, musical director. Grim Johnson? Um, Yes, I believe they parted ways. Am I correct about that? Yes, he is gone from the company. I'm very sad about it. Me too. too. (laughs) We're not going to get into that. (laughs) <laughs> we'll talk about that another time, but definitely uh, there's been some issues, and I can't reference the Ravishing Rude theme song enough because we're talking about one of the greatest themes of all time that is no longer available on the network, and it's similar to the uh, situation with um, with Edge. But the thing is, sometimes these things come full circle because there was a time where Jive Soul Bro, which is an iconic theme song, kind of fell off the scene and all of a sudden now it's back so it's all about contracting and copyrights and all that unnecessary garbage that we have to talk about as professionals mm-hmm. this match right here this match was grimy it was just oh, yeah. downright grimy like Eddie cheat to well try to cheat to win yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, he, why is he cheats and he steals? He makes it obvious. Yes, he does. <laughs> Very much so. But this match was just, you know, I'm, you know, it was, it was actually, you know, a very okay match. You know, Eddie, old school, uh, old school Eddie, you know, going on the ropes like a lucha libre. And I was, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, Eddie. Like, it's just, it was an okay match. You know, any match that Eddie's in, I am like already a fan of. So. I like this match, you know, Edge, you know, Edge and Eddie in a match, two favorites of mine, so I get this match, you know, it was definitely okay, it wasn't just like, you know, stealing the show, but more like another filler, another filler. Absolutely, and that's part of the reason, guys, that I really, I'm not going to lie, I gave this pay-per-view a 4.5 out of five stars because of the Eddie Guerrero and Edge matchup, um, I, th- I thought it, it ended up a little flat. I'm not going to lie. Um, it did. It, it was too much, You can, can you top this? And it got to a point where it became a little stale for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. The, the finisher, what are you hitting with? A uh, northern light suplex? Yes, yeah. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. No, so, no, no. I mean, it was a, a frog splash. That's a... Uh, well, the, I believe the... Yeah, I think so. I'm not 100% sure about that part. But I know that... I know... When the match concluded, it was kind of like I said, it fell flat in my opinion. Yeah, Eddie got a spear at anyone. I'm just like, that's it. That's it. It could have been could have been more. Could have been a lot more. I mean, we're talking about two of the greatest performers of all time. You know. Yeah, it could have been more, but it what, definitely was not their best showing. Yeah, no. Right. It, it was, but again, like I said to you guys before, Eddie was just coming back from hiatus. He was only about a month back. You know, he would have bigger and better, as we know, moving forward. But that particular night wasn't. Yeah. Edges and, and Guerrero's greatest five-star performance. It was not. So, so the next match is the World Tag Team Title Match. Christian and Lance Storm, the Un-Americans, taking on Booker T and Goldust. And to me, Booker T and Goldust is a random combination for a tag team. But obviously, you probably know the story about this. 
Oh man. Um, my goodness. Another happy accident. I feel like a broken record. Another happy accident. Um, I thought the Un-Americans were awesome as far as the storyline was concerned, mm-hmm. and I thought Booker T and Goldust was a surprisingly fun tag team. Oh, it um, is. It's just really random. Oh, very random. But you know what it was? I think WWE played this smart because Goldust, before he got with Booker T, was kind of floundering as well. They messed around with him a little bit with being a heel and going after the hardcore title and all that jazz. And Booker T, if you remember at this time, Booker, there was nobody hotter in the industry than Booker T at this time. Booker T was on fire. Like, Booker T was doing post-match spinneroonies every single match. The crowd was going crazy. Nobody was getting a bigger pop than Booker T. So yeah, I that just pop from Booker together. T was insane. When I when I oh, heard, can you take it? Suck up, people cheered. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> the summer, the spring and summer of 2002, I don't think anybody was more over than Booker T. Obviously, that's debatable, but mm-hmm. um, back to the point. Uh, yeah, they got together. It was a kind of a makeshift tag team. The Un-Americans, another uh, SmackDown uh, jump over. <laughs> you know, they established themselves on Ugh. SmackDown, won the tag titles, and came over to Raw. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> like I said, too much jumping back and forth, but they did put on a good tag team. I personally think Booker T was hot enough at that time where Goldust and uh, he could have won the titles on that night, mm-hmm. but that wasn't meant to be, and the Un-Americans remain the tag team champions. Now, as an adult, I am very, <laughs> not upset, but I'm just like, really? We're going to do the Canadians versus the Americans. The Canadians hate America. Thing. I'm like, we're still doing this? Like, even like decades later, we're still doing the anti-American thing. Like, I'm so glad that Christian left the Un-Americans because it was just stupid. It was so, so stupid. Oh, <laughs> my God. On one hand, I agree. Stupid. On the other hand, I don't, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. There's not a better remedy for a lukewarm superstar than to throw him in a faction. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, overnight, Landstorm, Christian, and Tess became relevant. Rest in peace of Tess, by the way. Absolutely. Um, God bless the dead. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, these three guys became relevant. They came over to Raw. They're immediately burning American flags. Obviously, I'm pro-American. No Mm -hmm. disrespect to the flag. I'm talking about the storyline here, people. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, they're burning American flags. They're trying to torch Kane. They're jacking off, you know, going back and forth with The Undertaker. It, it It was classic stuff. But... Uh, I agree with you. A little bit overdone, but you know, Christian, Lance, Storm, and Tess definitely benefited from it. Yeah, it did. It was definitely uh, that spinneroni. They're all just like old school. Just that made me very, very happy. But the finish, just, just no, just I guess wasn't enough for them. But very like, predictable. Yeah, very much so. And seeing Eric Bischoff and Stephen McMahon go head to head. Afterwards, just but oh no, let's not talk about what happened after the match when we see Nydia pick a dude to make out with in front oh of her God. boyfriend Jamie Noble, I think. Jamie, no- yes. yeah, weird segment didn't even need to be in there. I'm just like, what the, what the, f-? I'm just like, you know what, I forgot, whatever, aggression era, we had to get over it. That was, you know, that was back then. This is now, you know, we've come so far from, you know, the mini skirts and the random making out stuff and the pillow fights so we've come so far from that let's not go back yes. let's yes. never go back so shout out to the women's evolution 
So the next one that kind of I was confused on Twitter all day. I had literally a, a bunch of people going back and forth to me. The Intercontinental Championship match with the one and only Chris Benoit. The name that does not sound anymore. But Chris Benoit versus right. Rob Van Dam. Now, I was confused because... Rob Van Dam, my Michigan boy. Love Rob Absolutely. Van Dam. I just have a question before you go ahead. Did you point your thumbs at yourself when you said Rob Van Dam? God damn it, how'd you know? <laughs> uh, there you go. There I you can't go. help but do it. But I was very confused because when Chris Benoit came out, the whole entire title was blurred. So I'm, I was confused. So I'm like, okay, are we blurring the title because it's Chris Benoit? Or is it like a whole nother reason? Like I've had a lot of people on Twitter tell me, oh, it's because they were having the WWF thing. You know, they were getting sued by them. So they couldn't show anything with the name WWF. Or a lot of people were like, oh, no, it's, it's because of Chris Benoit. You know, any title that he had, they had to blur it out because, you know, it's Chris Benoit, blah, blah, blah. I don't know the reason. Like what? What was this the WWF at the time? Because it looked like the, they had the WWE logo. Yeah, they had well, it. It was, the, it was WWE. WWE. So yeah. I was confused. I'm like, but the title is a WWE Intercontinental title. So why is it blurred? Like why is it blurred when Chris Benoit wears it, but not when Rob Van Dam won it? So I was confused as fuck. I'm just like, okay, some of y'all are saying you know it's because of the WWF thing, but when uh, Rob Bam Dam won that title that night. It wasn't blurred, so I'm confused. Yeah, that is <laughs> probably because of Benoit. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Like it's because of Benoit. Like you know, anytime he comes out, I'm shocked you don't have his freaking face blurred. No, you know, here's the thing. Like now, I want to check this. I want to check every championship match he's been in WWE that he was champion walking in. If they did that to the title, yeah. Uh, I definitely got to check that down because if they did it for every single title that he had while he was in the company and decided just to blur it out so it's like we don't see it, it's like we we know he won it. Like, yeah, obviously. We're, we're not stupid. Like, you could try to erase as much history as you can to make it squeaky clean. But it's just here's the thing, work. remember WWE is a Fortune, 5, Fortune 500 corporation company. Uh, but those people in the companies don't think the same way we do. Right. That's true. That's a fact. They, they see, oh, oh, that guy committed a crime. Why are you promoting him by showing that championship on him? But, because he won it. But but, <laughs> but but that but that's not how the good uh, people in the companies might view it. True. It's like let's blur it out. It never happened. You know, it never fucking happened. Just like those penguins and freaking mad guy. You didn't see anything. <laughs> Right, I mean, give me a like. Don't insult my intelligence. The guy's a former. Look, nobody's. You know what happened is what happened. Nobody's happy about that. But as far as his history in wrestling, mm. like he's one of the greatest to ever do it, and he's a champ. You got to blur out a lot of titles if you're gonna blur out the the title history of Chris Benoit. Now I'm gonna check that today and see if he. Uh... Yeah, please do. I want to see that too. I literally had to watch this while I was cringing. I was cringing the whole time because every time he hit the Crippler or Rob Van Dam, all I thought about was the rumors that he hit the Crippler on his son. I was just like, oh, now I can't oh, watch no. this match. Oh, no. I was oh, like, no. I can't watch this match now. I was like, no. And I like Chris Van Wall, but every time he did the Crippler, I was like, oh, dear God, he probably did that on his son. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my god. Oh no, my like, god. the more I think about it, but like I really think like 
Chris Benoit should have been part of Un-Americans. Why? Eh, he just... I, 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 let me start by saying I see where you're going with that. Not the worst idea in the world. Mm-hmm. But he was a year and a half removed from the Radicals. You know, it was kind of like, eh. You know, I, I see where you're going, though. Don't get me wrong. I see where yeah, you're going. Yeah, because like, uh, wasn't everyone in the All-American, Un-Americans Canadian? Yeah, uh, I think I so. Believe, yeah, at that time, yes. At yeah. that time, yes. All yeah, yes. yeah. Canadian. I believe yeah, William it, Regal joined a little later. Yes, so basically if you put in the top Canadian guy into it, you could have the top heel of the company. Mm-hmm. That's true. In that case, put Jericho in there, too. I was about to say that. Would have been, Jericho <laughs> you could have, have made the Un-Americans one of the greatest factions ever if you really wanted to. If they would oh, have yeah, thrown did. Jericho and Chris Benoit in it, it would have been <laughs> game over. I would have loved them. Love Screw them. the shield. Screw the shield. All the Americans are just shit. Give it oh, to man. me. <laughs> you give you give me Jericho and Benoit and the Un Americans, and we're talking about a stable that's one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Now we can make that in WWE two K nineteen. Yes. There we go. Yes, we can. There we go. Well this match was okay when I was cringing throughout the entire fucking match. Every time someone hit a crippler, I'm just like, Oh my god, I can't watch. I can't, I can't watch. I, I, I'm starting to have really. I'm going back to you know, of when happened. I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. They're hitting cripplers. Oh my god, why? But it was over. You know, about what 15 minutes in, it was over. It was really yeah, good though. It was though. a 15 minute match. Yeah, Rob Van Dam won. A whole lot of sizzle. Whole lot of sizzle. Not a lot of steak. I mean, I think any fan worth their salt knew what was going to happen. Raw needed the Intercontinental title back. Mm-hmm. It was pretty obvious. And I just want to say this about matches, like uh, uh, ma- matches that have. For example, let's say like uh, it was the Bar versus Hardys bar, this bar, year bar, at bar. Uh, Greatest Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I really don't like matches where one team's on SmackDown, one team's on Raw. If there's a title involved, it's ridiculous. It's it's obvious who's gonna win. Yep. It, it, depe- depending on what title the show is on. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% like, right. like, it's like they had the bar challenging for the Raw Tag Team Championships when they're on SmackDown. It, it's ridiculous. I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. And it's the same. It's the same premise as it pertains to the RVD Benoit match. You're 100 yeah, like, percent right. Like maybe for me, it wasn't as bad watching it because I wasn't there at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I was a little kid. Yes, okay. I wasn't like I wasn't watching it actively then. To know, hey, um, these guys are in different brands. I'm watching, hey, this is a good match. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that. If you take that away, it's good. But it just makes it confusing if you don't have that. Right. right. It's either confusing, as you aptly put it, or it's obvious, which is worse. Right. Unless you know, like, someone's moving brands. Right. Exactly. So. But um, the match itself was pretty good. It was, but like, like I said, you knew RVD was going to pull it out because the the IC title's home was raw and th- there's no doubt that they weren't going to it's not that it hasn't happened before, don't get me wrong but uh, the IC title going over to SmackDown made no sense and that's why it didn't happen Yeah, and to see Eric Bischoff backstage, you know, laughing in Stephanie's face saying, you know oh, you can see R- RVD with the Intercontinental Championship on Raw now and I'm just like, I love these two going back and forth, it's hilarious it's like well, and a yeah, cool no. part, a really cool part, I'm glad you brought that up. Very nice foreshadowing on WWE's part, even though I didn't know what was going on, nobody knew what was going on. When Eric Bischoff's gloating, I'm glad you brought that up, when Eric Bischoff's gloating 
to Stephanie McMahon about the IC title coming back to Monday Night Raw. For some odd reason, Stephanie walks off the set laughing. And I think we all know why she started laughing a couple weeks later, or the, not, the next night, I should say, uh, a, a pretty big title was coming over to SmackDown. We'll talk about that a little later. Yes, yes, we will. So then we get another random-ass match. We got Test, <laughs> Test versus the American Badass, The Undertaker. The one no, that we should have got at WrestleMania. I, <laughs> no, as I say, I love... I know that character is very controversial, what people thought of him. That's honestly my favorite Undertaker, is uh, American Badass Taker. Despite the Limp Biscuit theme song, which makes me want to throw up every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Uh, that's my favorite version of Taker. It's the most versatile. It's the most interesting Taker. Uh, because I do ride myself and my family does in general. It's that connection there. And it just, it's everything American about him. I'm going to co-sign that. I agree. I think 0203 Taker was awesome. Yes, yes he was. A lot of people didn't it's- like him, but I liked him. But a lot of a lot of people just want him to be a dead man, and I understand that. That because that's such an iconic character. Like, could you imagine a badass losing to Brock Lesnar? No. Yeah. no. Can you imagine the de- can you imagine the dead man losing? Yes, I can. Uh, I don't think anybody could imagine Undertaker losing ever. Oh, at, at you talking about like WrestleMania thirty? Yeah. Uh, no, I I gotta disagree with you on that. See, I was on your side. Now you're making me switch sides again. Um, <laughs> Undertaker losing to Brock Lesnar, I don't care if he was old school, new school, middle school. If Undertaker losing to Brock Lesnar was in anybody's mind before that match started, I'd call him a liar. I, mean, I knew I knew he was going to lose. Did because you? I, yes. Okay. I just had a gut feeling. And two, I found this very interesting. And I looked back at the pay-per-view recently. We should cover Mania 30. That's a pretty good pay-per-view. We yes, should cover we should. That. Definitely so, should. But, yes, I will but, be listening. Uh, I'll be listening when you guys do that. But uh, when we were, when I was recently rewatching, I'm like, everyone that won is under 40 years old. Mm. So, and they found that kind of interesting because it's WrestleMania 30. Notice, huge homecoming of WrestleMania. All the legends under Hogan, Warrior, so on and so forth. Roddy Piper is probably there and backstage. Who knows? He probably was. Everyone was there, and it was like this big grand party celebrating 30 years of WrestleMania. And then you have all the new people, all the young people, when to signify this is the future. It's not Undertaker's future. It's Brock Lesnar's future. It's Daniel Bryan's future, not Triple H's. Everyone was a young person at one. I I see where you're going, but what, what you also have to understand is, that is and I'm going to use a word that probably people wouldn't normally use, Comical. You have to think about the comical ways The Undertaker has won in the past before WrestleMania 30. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I'll just say this one quick point. Undertaker at Hell in a Cell in in, in WrestleMania 28 got super kicked and pedigreed within seconds of each other, pinned immediately, and kicked out. So Brock Lesnar hitting him, Brock Lesnar could have hit him with 27 F5s, and I wouldn't have thought The Undertaker would have lost. But I do understand where you're going with that. I do. Yeah, the whole show was like. The future is Daniel Bryan and all these younger guys. These other guys will be a part of it, but they're not the main show anymore. And that really showed, especially when Daniel Bryan did beat uh, uh, Triple H. 
And, and this isn't going to be a huge tangent, but from what I recall from the betting odds that weekend, <clears throat> I recall Triple H being being the winner according to betting odds. Wow, Triple H putting himself over? Who would imagine? Ha! No, but like, but especially for a show like that. No, I'm saying I is, agree with you. That was extreme yeah. sarcasm, bro. Yeah, and I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, so there was so much speculation that he was actually going to win that to be an evolution triple threat, mm. which which I would have been happy with that as well. Oh. It wouldn't have had the same effect on me. Okay. But I would have been totally happy with an evolution triple threat. I don't know. You don't put Daniel Bryan in that main event. I think you got a lot of unhappy people. I'm 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 a Triple H guy. Triple H is my favorite of all time. I'm a Triple H guy too, but not him winning that Royal Rumble that year and being. Oh, excuse me. That was the year. That was actually. I'm, that's the wrong year. I apologize. That was, that was 2016. But, yeah, that was. That's my fault. Batista but, won in 2014. Yeah. But like, I, okay, even better. Batista winning the Royal Rumble that year was a joke. But I, I don't want to digress. I apologize. Yeah. So uh, so it's Test vs. Taker and. One thing I noticed right off the bat is is they throw together this promo package for it, and it's very lost, in my opinion. Very. It's, it wasn't even about... No, it was a little bit. But like, the first, what, minute and a half, it was literally just all about the Un-Americans. It was nothing about Taker and Test. It was just showing what the Un-Americans were and what the American badass. Just showing him in random-ass matches. I'm just like, what the, does this promo have to do with this match, like this feels like an extreme. Like we have even throwing this term around a lot this episode, mm-hmm. but this feels like another happy accident. I agree, but I disagree with you guys as it pertains to the promo, uh, the promo or the video package, whatever you want to call it. Um, the other Unamer- there's no team that was hotter in the su- well. I'll give them a window between July when they won the tag team titles from Hogan and Edge. To maybe just after SummerSlam, because the 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 light kind of dimmed on them immediately after SummerSlam. But during that little moment of time, they were the hottest team in the industry at that point. So what you're doing during that video package is pretty much talking about all the events that led up to the Un-Americans being relevant, and then you're talking about how the Undertaker is probably the only guy left, the badass American as you described earlier, that's going to stop them. That's what it was all about. It made sense to me. I mean, yeah, it made sense, but we weren't there to, like, under... It's kind of like if like, if I show a friend uh, WrestleMania 34, and I sh- and, he, and he watches Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax, he watches that video package, he'll be like, oh, so basic bitch stuff. <laughs> he doesn't understand the full depth of a lot of it. Right. Because okay. he hasn't been watching. And that's what we're feeling. We haven't been... Wa- we weren't watching it at the time. Yeah, I have you guys by about 10 or 11 years, so I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this match was just I felt like I was watching a flag match. It was just like an American versus the non-American, you know, the anti-American. It should have been a, it, it should have been a flag match. It should have been, been a freaking flag match. The Canadian flag versus the American flag. It was just That's a damn good idea. I, I wish somebody else had thought of that. That's a really good idea. Cuz both of them having the flag during the freaking match. I'm just like this is this is the this is a flag match without, you know, having the flags posted up on each side. I just felt like this is just a dumb flag match. Saying, my and flag is better than yours. Right. And Undertaker going a little too baby face holding the American flag over his head after the match. Yeah, I was, it, it was just like it was just like a match of my flag is better than your flag thing. It just, it just felt like I was watching. It was, just, it was, just, it was dumb. It was a dumb the way, match. It, 
if it was a flag match, this is how it should have ended. Undertaker, uh, Tombstone's uh, test. Mm -hmm. Like, three or four times the whole match. Mm -hmm. Like, gets him out, knocked out. And then he gets on the motorcycle, rides up to the front of a stage, puts the flag up, and wins the match and just leaves. Yep, that, that's definitely how it should have went. I agree. I, I co-signed that completely. So then we get to match of the freaking night. Oh. I, I will explain the storyline into this. You don't have to explain because I kind of remember. Please. If I don't remember, please chime in because my, my, my memory's kind of gone. So nah, I, think, I think he should explain because the way he explained it to me the other day was uh, amazing. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I don't, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to step on toes here. Come on, guys. Then you put it over so much. Yeah, you put, if you'll put it way over, and I will. I'm just an excited fan, so just go on, go on, go on. I got you. All right, so listen, we're talking about Degeneration X here. That's what the whole crux of this whole situation is about. Mm -hmm. Two best friends, the clique, whatever you want to call it. And we're talking about a guy that four years earlier went out with a career ending, or so we thought, back injury. Mm -hmm. He comes back, and the NWO situation is going on at the time Shawn Michaels comes back, where he actually joins the NWO. And uh, it's all kind of nostalgic and cool, but obviously it fizzles. So what happens is Vince McMahon says, you know what? Enough with this NWO garbage, especially, by the way, after Kevin Nash goes down with an injury mm -hmm. and says, hey, you know what? No more NWO. The NWO no longer exists. But the storyline leading up to Vengeance, which was the month previous, was that Triple H was going to be recruited and have an answer for the NWO of whether or not he was going to join. There's no more NWO. So what, is, what does WWE have to do to make this situation relevant with Triple H not having a match for Vengeance? Okay, well, we have these two brands. We have Eric Bischoff on Raw. We have Stephanie McMahon on SmackDown. Let's say that the bidding war now is not between NWO to see if he'll join NWO. Let's say it's between SmackDown and Raw. Triple H comes out at Vengeance. He's just about, literally just about to sign with SmackDown. Stephanie convinces him it's better to go with the devil that you know rather than the devil that you don't know. Remember when Eric Bischoff cut you and fired you from WCW? You don't want to go to Raw. Triple H is literally about to say, I'm about to join SmackDown this Thursday night. All of a sudden, Shawn Michaels' music hits. Shawn Michaels comes out and says, there's two factors that you should think about as it pertains to why you should come to Monday Night Raw. The two Fs, fun and friendship. Triple H ponders it for a second, says, sorry, Steph, and joins Monday Night Raw. Make a short story even shorter. All of a sudden, the next night on Raw, Triple H comes out, introduces best friend Shawn Michaels. Everything is all giddy. Everything's all cool. I'll stop you right there, and What's I'll up? explain. Go oh. right ahead. Go right ahead. So I'm a kid. I'm watching this, and, you know, he's about to do the, you know, let's get ready to suck it. And all of a sudden, hits Shawn Michaels with a pedigree. I'm on the floor by this time. I'm just like, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. What's going on? So... As of this time, you know, he's beating up Shawn Michaels, saying, I only was friends with Shawn Michaels because I wanted to get to the top. And, you know, now I'm at the top. Screw Shawn Michaels. So then weeks later, uh, he's on. Well, you can continue because now I can't remember. Go on. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It was partially that. And it was also the fact that what happened was it turns out that behind the scenes, Eric Bischoff's idea for Shawn Michaels to be Triple H's manager was Triple H's idea to begin with. Shawn Michaels didn't know that. Triple H didn't reveal that. But the problem was Shawn Michaels, as we all know, doesn't let anybody tell him what to do. Even the new 
nicer, more God-fearing Shawn Michaels still doesn't want anybody to tell him what to do. So he says, you know what, if it's your way, Bischoff, or the highway, I'll take the highway. Shawn Michaels is about to walk out of Monday Night Raw on Triple H's first day on the show. Triple H stops him backstage and says, hey, don't leave. Don't do what Stone Cold did and take your ball and go home. We all know that Stone Cold walked out earlier that year. Long story short, bring it back to the ring as you were talking about. All of a sudden, let's get ready to suck it. Shawn Michaels gets pedigreed and DX reunion lasts about maybe 35, 40 seconds. Uh, which leads to the following week, which I thought was really, really well done. Somebody attacked Shawn Michaels in the parking lot, smashing his head through a glass window of an automobile. I'm getting Enzo and Big Cass vibes. Uh, very much, very much so. You're 100% right. Uh, what happens is at this point, Triple H is saying, hey, listen, I pedigreed Shawn Michaels. This is typical, typical, by the way, Triple H logic in this, in this moment. <laughs> I pedigreed Shawn Michaels. But he's still my best friend. I still love Shawn Michaels. He's still my best friend. The reason why I pedigreed you, Shawn, is because I wanted to show you that you need protection. It was my idea for you to be my manager because now I can protect you, but you have too much pride. You need to realize that the HPBK days are over. Now I'm the showstopper. Now I'm the icon, Shawn. But during this interview, he gets you know tapped on the shoulder, actually called out by one of the uh, stagehands and says, hey, go to the back. Triple H goes to the back. Shawn Michaels is laid out in the parking lot with a bloody face. Fast forward to the go-home show. Actually, not the go-home show. Two weeks before SummerSlam, it gets revealed that Triple H was the one who smashed Shawn Michaels through the automobile window, which sets up one of the greatest matches in SummerSlam history. Maybe it's just me, but him like uh, doing all that Shawn Michaels makes me like Triple H more. I'm such a Triple H mark. Yes, you are. In that way. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, Triple it's H at that obvious. time was so Triple H, if that makes any sense. Triple H at that time was so Triple H. And, and, and I'm not just saying this because it's Motorhead, but music so much helps these feuds, like in the build, in the build up, or like at demand itself. Like if you have like lame ass music, it's kind of like oh he's coming out. Uh, but the fact that you have both iconic theme songs playing, mm-hmm. and then the mm-hmm. fight that added to it so much. Sure, dude, I agree. It, it did. This match was l- literally so much. Blood. I think the one that's scared, not scary but most, but literally had my jaw drop was when they're outside of the ring and uh, they're like near the, I don't know where the, it wasn't back then when, um, who was commentating this match? It was um, Jerry King Lawler. It was it was Jr. and uh, Jr. and Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. So their table wasn't like nowhere near the ring back then. So they're on the outside of the ring, and uh, Shawn Michaels gets. Well, yeah, they're well, yeah, they're fucking old, and I think Jr. from <laughs> now on is gonna you know decide no, I'm not gonna be ringside anymore because he broke his ribs announcing G1 special. Yes, he did. Hope he's okay. Wow. But um. I hope so too. But uh, when they were outside of the ring and Shawn Michael grabbed a ladder and pretty much catapults uh, a already bloody Triple H face first into the ladder, I'm already just like, holy fuck, how much more can you go? How much more can you take? I'm just like, so many headshots, so many headshots. 
Oh my god. And half this match, Shawn Michaels is, is getting his ass whooped, getting his ass handed to him. And I'm just like on edge. I've never been so on. It, it was like I'm watching Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano way back then. That's what I felt like I was watching. This match was just bloody, just going at it. People just killing themselves over this match. I'm just like, I hope nobody doesn't die over this match. That was all. The quality of the match was, was second to none. And what I liked even more than the chair shots was the fact that they really exploited the Shawn Michaels real-life injury. We're talking about Triple H delivering some backbreakers that were like, my God, you look like it looked like they were, he was going to break Shawn Michaels in half. Yeah. I mean, if Shawn Michaels wasn't healthy, then that would have been devastating. Thank God he was. It turns out that it all worked out and Shawn Michaels actually came back and he was healthy with a clean bill of health. Mm-hmm. But they played that thing to perfection because those backbreakers and those chair shots to the back were serious. Now, and at the time, it wasn't known that he was super healthy. Right, exactly. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I'm just like, you know, I'm a kid and I'm watching this. I'm just like, I had no idea. So, but the ending to this match, it was kind of weird. You know, the way he just rolled him up so easily. I'm just like, I'm thinking it was going to be like, you know, him like all dramatically laying on him and all like that. But I was just like, I was, you know, kind of hoping for a little bit more to that ending. But it was the perfect ending because the way the story that was being told is that there's no beating Triple H. He had to do it right in that instance. True. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Now yeah. I see it. Now I see what you mean. But then I, I co-sign that though. I feel like the fans deserved a, a sweet, uh, some sweet chin music to end that match. Yeah. But then afterwards, Shawn Michaels celebrating. He's emotional. And then what happens? He gets hit in the back. By Triple H. Not only he gets triple H'd. That's what happened. He got triple H'd. He got triple H. He got hit in the back with a damn sledgehammer. A sledgehammer. I loved it. I loved it. And I- the guy I wanted to win won. And the guy who was supposed to win, who was the better conditioned guy allegedly at that time, got to walk out and it set up a tremendous storyline. I loved it. It was so many, so many weapons was used, an extinguisher, a ladder tables oh it was amazing and then we get to the main event that i kind of rock versus barack brock versus rock <laughs> now this was my I'm, hey i i love the rock i'm wearing the rock shirt right i now. love the rock but as soon as i saw brock face i'm like nope nope that's a big old bag of nopes <laughs> Big old and another thing about no. Brock in this time and there's one thing about Brock that bothers me about this time period. Mm-hmm. He's wearing trunks. Yeah, I'm used I'm used to him wearing you know the shorts. No, no, it's not even just that. He looks better in the shorts. Yeah, that he looks better in the shorts you're talking about that he wears now. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he looks like a fighter. That back then, like he doesn't have the look of a wrestler like a Seth Rollins or The Rock. Mm-hmm. He looks like an MMA guy. Just by default, he just does. And he should have been wearing shorts the whole time. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I don't think shorts were in his like brain on his brain at that time because I don't, you know, he, he he wasn't an MMA guy at that point. I know what you're talking about. He definitely looks like he could have been back in 02, 03, whatever the case may be, but he just like, looks even like in it. his right, but even in in his conscious mindset, I don't think shorts were even an option cuz he wasn't thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and something you have to really think about. You know, when I see pictures of him dressing his trunks, I'm just like, no. No, Lesnar, no. <laughs> no, Lesnar, no. No, Lesnar, no. Bad Lesnar. <laughs> now, I love it. I love it. 
Now, something that I realized watching this match, you know, after, you know, match after, not match after match, but in this era, you know, when Brock Lesnar came onto the scene, I was like, holy crap, he's the Roman Reigns of this era. No, 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 no. Yes. I, yes. I, I think he disagrees with you. That's I, just I, a gut I, feeling. I definitely think he disagrees with you. I just want to admit, I want you to repeat what you just said so I could say no again. <laughs> He's a Roman Reigns in this era. Absolutely not. How the no hell way. is he not? The only reason, the only thing that changes is that people actually liked Brock Lesnar. But he was the Roman Reigns of that era. He won. Do you know who the Roman Reigns was of 2002, especially around SummerSlam time? I'm guessing. Actually, no, my mind's not that great. So, no. Please remind me. The Rock. The Rock was the Roman Reigns of WWE in 2002. The the Rock was... He was hated at first. Yeah, he really was. But they still pushed him fucking hard. Yes. Oh, man. Listen, I got love for you guys for having me on your show, but you could not be any more wrong than you saying what you just said. Look, I was just, you know, because I actually, you know, had to do my research after, you know, he won. But I was just like, title after title won, him getting, you know, main events, it pushed to the moon. I was just like, he's a Roman Reigns. Like, no, 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 he's, he's, no. he's just a big attraction. No, no, Roman Reigns. No, no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. But go continue. I'm, I'm just, I'm fired up now, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm just never really been a fan of Brock Lesnar. I never have. Don't think I ever will be. Even back then, I was just not a fan. I was rooting for The Rock. Like I wanted The Rock to whoop Brock's ass. <laughs> I did not. There's no like way Rock Brock. was gonna win against Brock. Absolutely. Do you know why Brock Lesnar could never be a Ro- uh, could never have been a Roman Reigns? Because the fan. First of all, you're not forcing Brock Lesnar down anybody's throat. And that's the key. If you want to be Roman Reigns, you have to be someone who they force down someone's throat. Roman Reigns, John Cena, the list goes on and on. And by the way, The Rock in 2002 had to be forced down people's throat. The Rock went into that match being booed as a babyface. Brock Lesnar went into that match being cheered as a heel. He ended up going, if you want to talk about Brock being like Roman Reigns, again, that couldn't be further from the truth. He actually was so popular and so on top of his game that he actually outgrew Paul Heyman. They had to separate him from Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman being a pro-heel manager, Mm -hmm. Brock was so over that they had to separate them in Survivor Series. I mean, Roman Reigns doesn't have, Roman Reigns could come out with the shield. Roman Reigns could come out with the four horsemen. Roman Reigns could come out with Degeneration X 8.0, and he would still get booed. It's not as bad for Shield, but he still gets booze. Yeah, he oh still gets booze. I'm so upset with you right now, but I'm gonna get over it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just, you know, never was a Brock fan. When he won King of the Ring, I'm just like, what? Fuck? Why? Why? I'm just. I feel like it. Was, why not? I didn't see the reason why. You know, as a kid, I'm just like, why the hell does he have to win? Like, over everybody else, why Brock? Why okay, Brock? So what I was know. The alternative in your mind? The alternative would have been RVD winning the uh, King of the Ring and facing the Rock at SummerSlam? I would have been happy. Uh, I would have been yeah, happy. That, does, that doesn't sound very interesting. It doesn't. Not, it, not, in, not in 2002. Not in 2002. No, but. In, in, two, in 2010? Yes. Or two th- yeah, I, I'd probably say in, prop- in 2006, 2007, I agree. 
But just like it was the years afterwards. I'm just like, all right, I've had enough of Brock winning. Can we have someone else now? Like I, I was done. Like I get 2002, he was very popular. Everyone liked him. When it was 2003, four, five, I'm like, all right, I'm over Brock. Can we have someone else? And that was 2018. I'm still screaming the same damn thing. I'm over Brock. Can we have somebody else? Like God. God. I want to say something Damn. to you right now because I refuse to. I'm I'm not gonna let this go. I'm not gonna let this go, and I'm gonna give you a modern day example of why Brock could never be Roman Reigns. Which, well, let's talk about up until tonight, okay? Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar has literally had to be made out to be, which is possibly kind of true in real life, but WWE is kind of extension. You know, they're kind of putting a little extra sauce on it to make it more visible. But Brock Lesnar has to be made out to be a guy who couldn't care less about the fans. Mm -hmm. He has to be a guy that doesn't show up to shows. Mm -hmm. He has to be a guy that continually, continually puts WWE and the Universal title on the back burner in order for the fans not to like him. Roman Reigns can save... An old lady from getting run over by a truck and the fans were still booing. Yes. I'm the only one that likes him around. Like, am I the only one who actually likes this Samoan? Like, okay, here's <laughs> it. Okay, here. I'm getting, I'm getting to explain this because I, I, I get what he's saying. Let's take two characters, The Miz and Roman Reigns. Okay. Roman Reigns is a good wrestler. I can't think of a truly bad Roman Reigns match. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying mm. the crowd booing all that. I'm saying in-ring action. Uh, in- this year's WrestleMania wasn't even the fucking best. Was not the best. Was not the best Roman Reigns match I've but, seen. But, 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 but was it bad? Mm. Eh. Brock made it look. It bad? Brock made it look pretty goddamn bad. <laughs> I'll, Roman. Like, I'll say. Uh, let me interject this. Roman Reigns versus Brock at WrestleMania 34 was was not bad. Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31 was awesome. Yes, it yes. was. So what I'm get what I'm getting at here is, is there's no real bad Roman Reigns matches. What he lacks is character. He lacks an interesting reason to root on this guy. A reason to like him. Let's look at the Miz. Oh my god, I love the Miz. Great character. Are his matches the greatest? Hell no. Are they good? Yes. Some of them are. They're moderately good. Yes. No, but he's the exact opposite of Roman Reigns. He has everything Roman Reigns needs in terms of a character. Yes, he does. He has just like that character where people want to hate him so badly, but you can't. Because he's so fucking interesting and so funny. He's funny as hell. Like, I wanted to hate him so you know who, bad. You know who has both of those things that are perfect on the mic and perfect in the ring? Who? The Rock. Truth. Now. That's a fact. Yeah, now. 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 Yeah. And around, around SummerSlam time, like SummerSlam of this show, we're talking about 2002. The Rock was getting pretty corny. Yeah, no one liked. Oh yeah, the Rock. But, uh, no one. That's why he's the. Ro- he, I've always said it. he Roman Reigns, in 20 years from now, will be looked at as a legend. Yeah, hopefully. every he'll be guy. Of he'll be Future a Hall of Famer. Famer. The reason why he'll never, but he'll never achieve the status of let's just go with it with The Rock. Because The Rock knew he had to diversify. Roman Reigns, for some reason, I don't know if it's his call or creative's call, has not changed 
anything. It's and gotta be. It's gotta be creative. At least he stopped saying sucker, so. suckering, suckatash. At least he stopped saying that. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was the worst thing I've ever heard in my whole life. And then he winked at the camera. I was like, this does not make it better, Roman. You literally just said suffering, suckatash, and then winked at the camera. No, Roman. I'm laughing at you. We're not laughing with you, but laughing at so you. Me, so let me ask you this, because uh, like I said, I'm not letting you off the hook. Okay. How is that familiar to Brock Lesnar in O2? <laughs> but I still didn't like him. I was never... A, I'm a kid, you know? I'm a kid, you know, all the adults liked him. I was the only one just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't. No, I'm not letting you off the hook with that either. You're, you were a kid at the time, but you're a grown woman now. And you, you have an opinion that Roman Reigns is similar to Brock Lesnar. I'm going to hold you to that. He was. I'm still, I'm still going to hold it. I'm still going oh, to hold it. Like, I, I just, you know, I'm starting to see. No, no, no. no. You guys, he, he can't be. Brock Ro- Lesnar cannot be the Roman Reigns of 2002. Because you know, it's also the fact of that, uh, like he, like Sean was saying, you WWE has a literary book. Roman Reigns, pardon me, Brock Lesnar should not show up and not give a shit for people to not like him. Even in the build-up for was it uh, Greatest Royal Rumble or yep. WrestleMania? Yeah, yep. people were chanting when he was throwing Roman Reigns around. People were chanting, "You deserve it." Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, this dude doesn't show up for nothing, and you guys will still boo Roman. I was so pissed. I was just like, why? I understand, you know, it's creative. They're freaking geniuses sometimes. 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 But I'm just like, sometimes. I'm just like, you want the title off of Brock so badly, but yet you still. Still have to boo Roman Reigns because you think it's funny and it's cool. It's no longer cool. It's no longer funny. It's effing annoying as hell. Like I even I even asked some people like straight up, why do you like Roman Reigns? And they literally have told me, I don't know. I just do it. I'm like, you so so you have absolutely no reason to like Roman Reigns. Absolutely no reason not to like the guy. You're just doing it because you see it on social media because you're an idiot. Tell me, tell tell me, tell me why. Tell me why. Roman Reigns is challenging Brock Lesnar for the title at SummerSlam. Tell me why. Give me a legitimate reason why Roman Reigns, right now, is challenging Brock Lesnar for the Universal title again. Drew McIntyre should be challenging. Seth should be challenging. No, Drew McIntyre should. Why? Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar? Are you kidding me? That's awesome. And also, Drew McIntyre has a reason. He's been saying, how about a champion that, that comes that comes here? And he's been coming back and says, no one's like this. No one's like him. And he goes and beats the shit out of Brock Lesnar. That sounds amazing to me. Also, like, the reason, another reason why I would like Seth, because number one, Seth is, was there, is always, like, he always, like, every time they put Brock on, like, the Insta Instagram or Twitter, Seth is always just like, okay, dot, 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 but I'm here. I'm here every Monday. <laughs> So where's my shot? Well, you know, like where's my shot? I I understand, you know, why Roman's challenging him for the universal title because you know Roman says, you know, I'm the uncrowned universal championship from the greatest Royal Rumble. I was look look. It's ridiculous. I was as pissed as everyone else was when he did not win that match. I was as, I didn't know was that supposed to happen. Like was this like a boss or just like all right make something up real quick on the fly? 
I don't know, but I was like the only. So is, is Harper? Is Harper from the Bludgeon Brothers? Was he supposed to be the challenger for the title a couple of years ago when he clearly, uh, when AJ clearly hit the ground first on SmackDown during that elimination match? Give me a break! It's ridiculous. Who cares who hit the ground first? Roman sucks. Brock doesn't. Let's move on. <laughs> I totally disagree. I think Brock can go suck a dick. I never liked No, Brock, Brock is a jerk. Brock is a jerk, but he's a better performer. And let me let me throw one more thing better at performer. you. WWE dropped the ball. Dropped the ball at WrestleMania 34 because they could have made one move that could have changed the course of wrestling history that we live in right now and could have solved the Roman Reigns problem. It could have solved the Universal title problem. It could have solved the Brock Lesnar not showing up on TV problem. All in one fell swoop. All WWE had to do was turn Roman Reigns heel and have Paul Heyman be his manager. And we would not have any problems today. I actually think they want to save Paul Heyman for Ronda whenever they do decide to turn her heel. Which I think is soon because they're probably going to bring up her friend. Uh, the hell is her? Shayna Baszler. Shayna. They're probably going to bring Shayna up very soon if they don't take the title off of her at the at a takeover which i'm hoping but am, am i wrong about my theory though am i wrong about my theory oh they, that that would have worked instantly it would have worked it, it would have worked i have him win up having win the belt turn heel and then Heyman goes with him and brock could have done whatever brock wanted to do get a go challenge for ufc yeah yeah i mean right now i think honestly i hate to say it i think um I think Brock retains. I think Brock retains at SummerSlam so they can do this kind of like co-branding thing. I said, I don't want to take that from you, bro. You told me that the other day, which is, that was your idea. He'll take yeah, but the, it's true. Yeah. No, I, I'm saying I'm, I want to give you credit because you're the one who thought of it. So I don't want to take yeah. it like it's mine. You yeah. said that to me the other day. He's going to take the WWE title to UFC. I swear to God, they do that. I'm just going to be really, it's just like. Okay. Okay. Tracy, tell me this. Brock Lesnar walking into UFC match. Or a UFC fight, pardon me, with a, with with that big red title around him doesn't sound awesome to you. Now, not not to, considering Brock Lesnar is full time, that doesn't sound awesome to you. Not really. No, it's just it's just. Just imagine that sight. And have half and have all those UFC fans go on, you know, go online and be like oh, talking mad shit and be like, oh my god, the fake WWE. Not if Brock Lesnar wins. That's it, Brock Lesnar. If Brock Lesnar loses, <laughs> and, and, and you know, and you know what's a good thing about Brock Lesnar? Oh, pardon me, sorry, my headphones came out. No worries. Okay, sorry about that. You know what's a good thing about Brock Lesnar winning the UFC champ- championship what? is if he's still the Universal Champion. What? It's an, a di- completely different schedule than WWE. It won't interfere with it. But here's the thing, though. It won't, it won't interfere with it, but it won't solve the problem because it no, it won't solve it, it now, but, but but it won't interfere. Where you can still show up, like for every, one every other pay per view, and still be training for UFC, retaining this title in a safe in a fairly safe match where you probably won't get injured, and then go to UFC, become champion, and then uh, after he loses the UFC title, whenever he does drop Universal title, hopefully or lose. Universal title shortly after winning UFC title. No, because you you have hardcore UFC fans. No, think WWE is stupid anyway, so they don't care if he loses it. 
but here's coming from like my perspective like as a fan but also like someone who wants to think lo- not think logically but just like why make the universal title give it to brock and then just never have it show up on your damn show like the show have the only title that this show obviously cares about is the IC title now if brock goes to the usc with that big shiny red ass belt on his tummy and he loses it's a joke like if he loses then all that was for absolutely nothing if he gets his ass well let me let me answer that first question you just asked the reason why you have a guy who doesn't show up on tv every single week a guy who doesn't show up every month a guy who hasn't shown up since april have the universal title is because you want him to seem like a guy who doesn't give a crap about the industry so you can oh i don't know have roman reigns take it from him and actually two fans cheer for him I understand that, you know. I understand. Fans will cheer simply because Roman Reigns will win. The fans will cheer because the Universal title will be back on Raw where it's supposed to be. That's all. And then they'll boo the next night. Yeah, they'll boo the next night. All I want is for, you know, a title that you guys hold so dearly. If you love the Universal title so dearly, but you never have it on your show, that (laughs) ugly-ass red belt... Like if if he's supposed to ha- have that, if he's supposed to hold that title oh so highly, and you talk about oh universal title, universal title, universal title, and you never have your own show, like come on now, like I don't, I don't care who wins, I don't care if Finn wins it, I don't give a care if Roman wins it, I don't even care if freaking Bob wins it and freaking Hulk Hogan comes out and raises his arm and be like look at me, I like black people again, I don't even care if that happens, <laughs> just get it. Off a of rock. That is all I care about. I know storyline, you know, make me hate the guy. I already didn't like the guy. So to get it off of him and just let him do whatever the hell he wants to do, his contract is up, fine with me. I don't care. Just get that goddamn hunk of junk off of that big, manly, freaking, no neck son of a bitch. Just, I- I'm done. Yeah, no doubt, but the, pro- the problem remains. The problem remains that you're going to look. The, the Monday night following SummerSlam, we're going to have be forced or faced with two problems. One of two problems. Either Roman Reigns is going to be a champion, which the fans don't approve of, or Brock Lesnar is going to be a champion that nobody likes because he never shows up on TV. The bottom line is this. When you look at what it is and you look at the situation going into SummerSlam, all you had to do was somebody, have somebody besides Roman Reigns challenge for the title. You're looking you're, – I mean, it's so obvious. You talk about being a kid. Kids in 2018, seven-year-old kids know what's going on. Even seven-year-old kids are looking up to their mommies and daddies saying, Mom, you know, I I don't know everything about life right now, but one thing I do know is that Roman Reigns seems to get every single title shot. Yes. Yes, he does. That, that, look, that's understandable. That's very understandable. Trust me. I would want anybody else. God, I'm fired up. I would want anybody else but that big, huge, giant Samoan to win. Okay, I like Roman Reigns as a fan. I like him. He's cool. Nicest guy. But I understand, you know, that's Vince's boy. And he's, you know, you know how much he's in love with fucking Samoans. He loves Samoans and he loves Brock. He loves big, juiced up men. But and by the way, that what's going on right now, leading into SummerSlam, makes Bobby Lashley's win over Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules absolutely pointless. Absolutely pointless. But if the look, here's the thing. If something happens and Bob gets put into the title picture, somehow, some way, don't know, somehow, and Bob just coincidentally wins, but 
then we get a very loud roar come from backstage and we see all almost 300 pounds of brawn come out of nowhere raise up his little money in a bank and just march towards the ring i'll be happy because i want to see brawn versus bob just those big behemoths of a man in a freaking match yes give it to me i want it <laughs> I, I I actually read that the whole reason that Braun Strowman won the briefcase mm. is a to possibly is to if the main event of SummerSlam is going terrible, have will. him cash in. But now, like I don't know now because now they have Kevin Owens. This is the first time. Uh, it's not the first time this ever happened, has it? Where someone's just like, oh, I want to challenge you for your money in the briefcase. And they did that in like 2007 too, I believe, right? Yep, and it actually happened where the briefcase changed hands. Yes, yeah, so I'm hoping and praying that this doesn't happen and it changed hands and Kevin Owens comes and catches it. Because I'm like, what? Why? Like, I like Kevin Owens. I disagree with you on that, too. I, I disagree with you on that, too. I think Kevin Owens would be great as Mountain Holy Bank. crap, I disagree with you on that, too. Uh, you didn't you let me finish. Be more you didn't wrong. even let me finish. Let I'm sorry, I'm sorry. finish. I apologize. I will be, you know, a little confused, but I'm not going to be mad because I loved Kevin Owens at Universal Champion. Okay. He was I jumped on you too quick. Best. I'm sorry. He was the I jumped on you too yes, quick. I'm sorry. He was the best <laughs> Universal Champion along with Chris Jericho at his side. I was just like, this is the best I never wanted to end. Wait, wait. Chris Jericho is Universal Champion? No. When was he Universal Champion? I think she meant World Champion. When they, were, when they both champion. had championships. When, United States. Yeah, when he had the okay. United States Championship and Kevin Owens had the Universal Champion and they were best friends. It was the freaking, freaking best. I don't. I don't even care how Kevin Owens won. I was so shocked when he won. I was like, "Holy! F-. I'm like, did he just win the championship? Holy crap!" But I was just like, "All right." Shout out to Chris Jericho, the current IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Yes, very awesome. But when he won, I was kind of confused at first. You know, just you know, scratching my head, scratching my weave. I'm just like, "What's going on? What? What? How did that happen?" <laughs> scratching my weave. Scratching my weave. <laughs> But then, you know, I hopped on the train. I immediately hopped on the Kevin Owens train. I was just like, I'm on board. I don't care if you don't get on board this Kevin Owens train. He is. So let's get, so let's get to Rock versus Brock because we've uh, neglected talking about the actual Sorry. Match. I did not. I'm so fired up right now. <laughs> I actually didn't watch the first five minutes. I was just like, it's Brock. I don't care. Listen, when she when she said Brock 02 oh, was yeah. like Roman Reigns, I got me all messed up, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as doing drugs, man. Don't do it. <laughs> now I don't. I don't know how many rock bottoms I saw in this match, but I was just like, "Holy!" Wasn't there three, two? Wasn't there two? No, there, there, was, there was just two. But there were. But there was. Uh, there was a third attempt. Yeah. And there was about three F five. I was waiting to see about ten F five. So I'm like, "All right, bring on the countdown of F fives. Come on, let's go." I don't think we gotta get like. Well, back then the F five was more of a special move that was very reserved. Yeah, I, you know. I, no, anyone can get. Yeah, it. anyone can get. It. Anyone can get multiple F fives in one match. It'll be about ten F fives in one match. That's what I was waiting for. That's an adult. I'm like, all right, give me the multiple F fives. I'm waiting on it, and it was actually a very okay match. I was thinking, you know, oh, he's only gonna wrestle for like ten, fifteen minutes. <laughs> Old ass. But he actually wrestles about thirty some minutes, and I'm just like. Okay, okay. And the crowd was just so behind Brock. I was just like, I'm not used to this. I'm used to, you know, uh, freaking people, you know, playing with beach balls or chanting weird-ass things and 
<laughs> for people to actually be behind Brock, I was just surprised. So and it was a good match too. And, and shout out to Paul Heyman for taking a wicked rock bottom through the table. Yeah, he did. I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, even Paul Heyman took a bump. What? <laughs> She's like, I love this era. But I, I thought the Rock Brock match was set up nicely. Um, I think the uh, the prospect of that was another situation where um, Brock actually already had switched over to SmackDown before the night had started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him winning the title. Obviously, Eric Bischoff thought that they would uh, have access to Brock as the champion, but that's when the whole like Brock taking a Universal title, excuse me, Universal title, the uh, undisputed title over to SmackDown, which led to the World title being reborn. But Back to the match. I thought it was well done. I thought The Rock uh, put on a good showing. I think the um, crowd reaction was obviously unexpected. But The Rock, if you notice, The Rock kind of played to it as it went on. He was a professional. Uh, you know, he basically told the crowd to F themselves when he had Brock in the in the sharpshooter. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. And uh, I think the better man won, or the guy who was supposed to win, uh, won. Especially with The Rock about to go off the scene again. Yeah. Yeah, like, you don't want him winning the title, keeping the title, than just, like, going to shoot a movie. Oh, wow. You know, like, somebody winning a world title and then not showing up on television? They would never do anything like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not good, though. It's not good to do. It's a very bad habit. And WWE, I don't know if they... They don't really have a bad habit of it, but Brock seems to be a special case. I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's nothing wrong with a special attraction. Brock is a special attraction. Yeah. You could have Brock on the on the road or excuse me, on, on a show four times a year, three times a year, and it would not bother me at all. But Brock Lesnar being world champion, universal champion, whatever you want to call it, while not being present is a slap in the I'm going on the record. I don't care who's listening. Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. I love you guys as creative people. Like, you know, you guys are the greatest to ever do it as far as promotion is concerned. It's dumb and it's a slap in the face to the fans. Taylor would totally disagree with everything I'd say about Brock. Oh, God. Where is Taylor? <laughs> Taylor would be all <laughs> up in us because she hates Brock. Hates Brock. Brock brings a very unique skill set to the ring, which is why I think he's. I think. I think pound for pound, Brock is probably the most impressive wrestler on the roster. It's just that, you know, he's not around. If Brock wrestled every week, it would be awesome. But we, we knew he, we weren't going to get that when this whole thing got started back in 2014. But at the same time, or excuse me, 2012 when he came back initially. But at the same time, Brock is an extraordinary guy in the ring. The F5 is an awesome move. He's great with the Germans. He's great with the suplexes. Come on, man! Like you can't deny, bro. I don't. I want to know who this Taylor person is because I want to talk to her. You can find her on Taylor. Uh, oh shit! No, I'm saying you can find her on Twitter at Taylor one one four. Trust me, if you want to start an argument about Brock Lesnar on Twitter with her, go right ahead. I will get my popcorn. If I want to, if I want to, you know, I figure out how to get in touch with her. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, because I, I would just, I'm just wondering right now. She gets. Very, very heated, and she'll probably go ham maybe like once or twice, but she won't mean it. She won't mean it. She's harmless. Oh, so do so do I, damn it. I'm not afraid. She's she's harmless. She's harmless. Well, sometimes, but she's harmless. But yeah, just wait. But Brock versus Brock. Brock versus Rock. I'm, we're we're back on right, track. Brock versus Brock. So, um, this match, this match was, the ending was okay. Yeah, he got up with an F five, and it was over. But yeah, it's okay. It, it wasn't like you know the best. 
I don't know why this main event hit. It could have been, you know, in the middle. Like, I kind of really wanted, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H to main event. But I mean, Brock Lesnar main event. Oh, there's a fucking surprise. Brock Lesnar main evented. Ah, that's a surprise. That's a surprise. Brock Lesnar wow. main evented. That's definitely uh, a surprise. That never happens. By the way, I'm, I, I hate to pick on you. That was the first main event for Brock in his career. So I don't know what you're making reference to, my friend. Everything afterwards. <laughs> Everything <laughs> afterwards. You don't put, okay, you don't, it's the same, it's a, it's a Chris Jericho versus Triple H WrestleMania 18 argument all over again. What's more important, Rock versus Hogan or the world title? What's more important, Brock versus Rock for the world title or Shawn Michaels' comeback? It's a toss-up. Shawn Michaels combat. How do you go from one of the grimiest, most entertaining matches to Brock versus Rock? Well, Brock versus Rock wasn't a bad match. It wasn't just like Jericho versus Triple H wasn't a bad match at WrestleMania 18. It just happened to follow an extraordinary match. You know, let me tell you something. I'm going to take you way back to even before, like, I was a year old when this match happened. Obviously, I've seen it many times on tape. Hogan versus Andre was not the best match of WrestleMania 3. No, it was not. But that pickup was amazing. I'm not going to lie. Oh, no doubt. But what I'm trying to say is that wasn't the best match on the show. Macho versus Steamboat was. So the bottom line is you got to respect the title. I respect the title, but it's just like, it was just like afterwards I wasn't, you know, you know, I wasn't, the match wasn't just, it wasn't, it was just like something I could see on like SmackDown or Raw. Like that. No, wait. Oh my God. Oh my I'm not God. comparing it to SmackDown or I'm not comparing it, but I'm just like, <laughs> I was so like over the moon with the last match I just saw and to see this match. I was just, you know, I was entertained, but I was just like, I wasn't like all the way full 100, you know, excited as hell. It was just like, okay, it was okay. Like, you know. Well, if, it, you, if you feel that way, I'm going to say something to you that's probably going to make you even more oh, mad. Fine. I believe 100%. That no matter what show it is, I mean, if the title's being defended, no matter what show it is, the title should always be on last. I don't care who's on the card. I don't care if it's Ric Flair in his prime versus Hogan in his prime. If the if the world title is around the waist of Spike Dudley and he's going one-on-one with Hardcore Holly for the world <laughs> title, then Hardcore Holly versus Spike Dudley should be yes. the main And I understand that. You know, I totally, I respect that. You know, I respect the title. The title has to go on last because it's the title. I understand that. I totally understand. It's just like, I just, you know, as an adult now, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I get it. Because, you know, it's the title. But as a kid, you know, I was just like, you know, <laughs> I'm asking questions 24 so I'm just like, why is this last? This is dumb. Why is this last? But as an adult, you know, I get it. It's the title. You kind of have to have it last. But, you know, as a kid, I thought it was absolutely stupid. <laughs> and I was just like, the last match was awesome. Why is this last? Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. You know, I, I understand, you know, but it was a really overall, this was a freaking, this, no, the one that actually, you know, shocked me was that Rock hit him with a, uh, sorry, no, 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 Rock hits a Rock bottom on Brock, but Brock actually, you know, kicked out of it too, then Brock actually hit a Rock bottom on rock and then rock kicks out and i'm just like holy fuck and then you know the rock gave brock a spine buster 
and what do they call it? The most electrifying move in sports entertainment. That's and right. Brock popped up and nails him. I'll just... I, I, I thought that was awesome. I mean, I, I, it could have been real typical for him to catch the people's elbow and then Brock just to kick out. Yeah. But for Brock to catch him in the clothesline before it could even be delivered, I thought was excellent. And it definitely showed the way that they were going to go with Brock mm-hmm. being a dominating uh, record-setting force in the industry. Mm-hmm. And what was it? Yeah, he hit him with an F5, and then he pinned The Rock to become one of the youngest WWE champions in history. That's right. How old right. was he? I can't even remember. How old was Brock? Brock, I believe, was 25, uh, eclipsing the record of The Rock, who was previously the youngest world champion. And as we all know now, I'm... sure that the youngest champion in history is now Randy. Yes, it is. No, no, it's it's Nicholas. It's Nicholas. It's Nicholas. (laughs) Technically, he's younger than everybody on the roster. Technically, that's true. He is. He will. That record will never be. Never, ever, ever. Unless he brings in someone who's nine years old. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, don't never say never because you know Vince, the evil little genius, and he no, will find a way. You know what? And this is kind of pisses me off. Where the hell is Nicholas? He said he was going to come back when school got out. It's summer. Yeah, I think he's still in the third true. grade. That's no, but he he made a promise that when school got out, yes. he'd be back. I yes, he did. We should. We need to hold him accountable for this. And, for, and forget that. Let's take it to another level. If Brock Lesnar can leave the scene for months with a title, how come Nick yeah. couldn't have left? <laughs> they gave Brock him a title been... anyway. Like, he always does FaceTime with the Mr. Monster in the back. He literally has a title in his room. He is chilling with that title. And he does meet He all. does meet and greets. He goes to Comic-Cons and he does meet and greets. He gets paid for this. <laughs> he's technically a WWE superstar. Now he's getting paid. He has his own, he has his own and fucking his, merchandise. His get these hands. Huh. Yes, his, his get these hands promo the night after with, with Braun and Kurt Angle. Oh, made me so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. I showed the, that to my non-wrestling friends and they're like, I'm going to watch wrestling now. Yeah, he was he was good. Like he was obviously nervous. He was a kid, but he did a really good job. But the fact that like I'm like you know I'm in the airport and I'm just like I'm thinking you know it's a random kid. I'm like it's a random kid they found. No, he's a kid of one of the goddamn referees. Think the referee like, really? of the match, right? Yeah, the referee of the match was his father. I'm like really. I'm thinking it's a random kid. You know, Make a Wish Foundation. I'm like that. Nah, no, nah, he's nah, a nah, son nah, of a referee. Nah, I was like God damn it. <laughs> Why not, though? Because that is a great opportunity. Wouldn't it be awesome for you to go to your kid and say, hey, do you want do you want to have a spot at the biggest show of the year? True. Like, do you want to be in a match for, like, the first time ever in front of millions of people and then win a title and then come back and to become, I was about to say, exactly. I was about to, and become the world tag team Next to Braun Strowman. I would have been like, yeah, where can I sign up? <laughs> By the way, one of the corniest things they ever did, you know, as far as like using using Nicholas until until it played out to be so cool. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do have to say they did correctly was when they allowed Nicholas to be tagged. Now he didn't do anything, but obviously nobody expected him to be tagged, and I thought that was tremendous. Yeah, me neither. I'm sitting in my seat thinking I'm like uh, thinking I'm like they're not gonna tag him. They're not gonna tag him, and he gets tagged. I'm like, oh, that poor kid, he's gonna die. I would have loved for Nicholas to give the that pen. Was awesome. Oh, that would have been cool too. I agree. That would have been the, awesome uh, yeah. to be like, to have Seamus, you know, come on my neuro, but like I didn't get patented by a cat feller. 
Then tag him, Braun, him, Braun beat him up for a minute, then tag Nicholson, and Nicholas just goes for a pin. One, two, three. And it would have been over. I think, I think that would have been great. I would have died laughing in my seat. Just like, oh my god, Shaman just got pinned by a freaking kid. A kid. And, and, and if, they, if that happened, they... No one should have forgotten about it. Like everyone should have, like just next night should have congratulated Seamus on getting pinned by a kid. Oh. Why do you think I was oh yeah, Seamus, yeah. I'm like I'm like, wait, what? No. Yeah, no, yeah right. everyone should have just... probably would have been Seamus. I loved Yeah, Seamus is the more comical of the two. Yeah. Cesaro is just like the athlete. Yeah. Cesaro Cesaro tries to be funny. But Seamus is naturally fun. Well, he looks funny, so that helps too. <laughs> he looks funny. <laughs> yeah, his mohawk is stupid. His mohawk is you stupid. You look stupid. Is it bad? I kind of just want a NXT call up to happen, and I want this certain guy to come up and just break the two of them up so he can get Seamus out of there and bring back Cesaro and Mr. KO himself. Not KO. Uh, I you no know, Mr. Kale, yeah. I need Casazono back. I want Casazono and oh Cesaro. My oh my god. Why? What do you mean why? I'm fired up again. You like Casazono? I do. I don't. But go ahead. Why don't you like Cassis? I'm not I'm not a fan. I I think he lacks a lot of mobility in the ring. I think he lacks a lot of charisma. I think that uh, he, he, he comes across as the, the knockout artist thing is played out. Um, I, I, I don't like it at all, honestly. I, I think I think he lacks a lot, but, you know, I, that's just my opinion. I mean, he does, you know, lack, you know, some moves in the ring. I've seen him at, like, multiple NXT, you know, shows, house shows down here in Florida. And, you know, when he had that match against Velveteen, it's like Velveteen's, like, running circles around him. And I'm just like, yeah. why did she come back? Like, I'm just like, why would you come back and literally just be be used for the younger talent to beat you up? Like, I feel bad because it's like, I feel like when it comes to you, I'm like the passion killer. <laughs> like, you'll say something and then I'll throw something out there and all of a sudden you'll like be like, yeah, you're kind of right. He does suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I literally had, you know, some, a lot of, you know, my other guy wrestling fans literally just be like, I can be like, oh, no, I like this person. They're like, you like this person? And they're like, tell me the reasons why I shouldn't like said person. And I'll be sitting there like... I should be more polite. I'm a guest <laughs> on y'all. So no, I saw... Look, anything happened in the show, I don't care. So, you don't gotta be nice, even I'm not nice on my own show. <laughs> well, I mean, the most talented wrestler on the, on the uh, NXT roster, in my opinion, is the reigning North American heavyweight champion. Who I really want him to go against Velveteen for that title. Really, really bad. I don't want Velveteen. Oh, sorry. We don't got way off topic. I am so sorry, Solution. That's my fault. That's my fault. God damn it. But yeah. um, Summer Sam 2002. Yes, yes. This pay-per-view actually made me very excited. I did say I gave it a no. Five out of five. I do. I kind of want to change that now. I'll give it about four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, no, you can't give it a four out of a four and a half because I gave it a four out of half. You're being a poser. You're being a biter. I have to give it a four and a half, and now I'm just going you know match by match. I'm just like, okay, some mm-hmm. of these matches, you know, are just fillers. You know, some of them are just fillers, like the Undertaker and uh, oh, I just forgot his name. Crap. Test. Test. Yeah, Undertaker and Test match. Eh, not the greatest. You know, eight minutes of my life that I would love to get back. It's just like watching him at WrestleMania. Like it's a squash match. I'm just like. Right. Eh, 
I thought of, you know, five stars and, you know, all across. And I'm just like, okay, now I just got to cut that in half just a little tiny bit. Maybe about, you know, five and a half. Five and a half. There you go. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Fine. Fine. Five and a half. And a half. Because just some of those, some of those, you know, matches were just, eh, fillers, kind of just, you know, some of them were like bathroom breaks. So, yeah. Didn't really care about them, so. The highs, the highs were really high, and the lows were mediocre. Yeah. So that leads me to a, a high, a high four rating. Um, Eddie and Edge, as talented as they are and were, um, did not wrestle their best match. I thought Ric Flair and Jericho fought a very well timed and well well constructed match, but certainly not their best. And I think that. Um, Test and Undertaker left a lot to be desired. Yes, as well. yes, it did. Well, that. this has been the episode of the TMT Wrestling Podcast. We're going to wrap things up here. And uh, thank you, Sean, for coming on. Where can people find you? No doubt, man. I appreciate it. Um, on Twitter, I am at hub, that's H U B B underscore wrestling, representing um, my website and podcast located at hubbardwrestlingweekly.com. We premiere new episodes every Thursday night at 8 30 p.m. And then on demand on iTunes and Google Play. Um, I appreciate y'all having me, man. This was a lot of now, fun. Before we take off, I just want to give my condolences out to the four wrestlers we lost yesterday. Brian Lawler, Nikolai Volkov, Brickhouse Brown, and Tracy Cadwell all died yesterday within hours of each other. It was a very, very sad day in wrestling. It's obviously the Illuminati. It's obviously the Illuminati. Obviously, it's a government Obviously, but that's a whole. Yeah, rest, rest in peace. To Obviously, yes, yeah, very, very sad to lose all of them all in one day. But yes, thank you, Sean, for coming on to the show. Yes, I hope you guys can come on my show one day, man, real soon. Oh, definitely. Hey, I would I'm love to it. talk about Brock a little bit more. <laughs> I would love to argue I'll do with a Brock, you. I'll do a Brock Lesnar episode with you guys just be, so we can continue this. I would love to bring Taylor with you. Yep, that's what I do. Let's do but it. Let's you do can it. find us at Spotify, YouTube. SoundCloud, Google Play, and Podbean. That's where we're at mostly. And Zildjian, go ahead and plug your stuff. All the links are in description. All 500 billion of them. Yes. So, that is it. We are out of here. Thanks, Sean, again for coming. No doubt. Appreciate it.